some people live to eat and some people eat to live. John Newton eats for a living. Years of eating and analysing and writing about food has produced the book Grazing, the ramblings and recipes of a man who gets paid to eat. John, welcome to Afternoons. Good afternoon, Gillian. I'm very excited to speak to you. I was confessing earlier on in the program that I um, I have a, a, a closet fetish for reading restaurant reviews and I go all over the world <laughs> reading them. I love them. Do you, why? Well, I just think it's, it's, it's the writing is so fabulous mm. and it's so, it's so witty. It's, it's very funny, quite acerbic, and you just kind of get to eat out in restaurants all over the world without having to go there. That's right. That, that's, one of the, that's one of the prime um, reasons for writing reviews. Uh, did you, have you ever read a book by, by uh, Ruth Reichel called Garlic and Sapphires? Oh, no, she was the New York reviewer, wasn't she? That oh, used you to have creep to read in. that. Yeah. You have to read that because she, she, uh, she went there in two guises. She would go as Ruth Reichel, a New York Times restaurant reviewer, and then she'd go home and dress up and go as a little old lady from Hoboken. And she would then write the review and compare the way she was treated both times. She's uh, and she would disguise herself. Have you ever disguised yourself? No, 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 never. No, I, I, as a reviewer, uh, when I when I started up reviewing in Australia, I was reviewing for the Sydney Morning Herald, and I was reviewing all those very flash places, and they knew who you were anyway. So you you you'd, you know you couldn't creep in. We, we didn't have our photographs over our reviews as they do now, but um, they knew who we were. So I I got a bit bored with that and decided to. I'd like to, I'd prefer to go out and review places where they didn't know who I was and they didn't care. And that was much more interesting food too, in many ways. So where did you go to do that? Well, Sydney's a big city. And um, can you just excuse me, I'm going to cough a minute off. You cough away. Sorry. Um, One place I remember discovering, uh, which was uh, very exciting, was an Iraqi restaurant in Liverpool. Um, which is not a place that one goes to dine in Sydney, uh, but it was a it was a wonderful food. It really was, and it was it was uh, during the Iraq War, and the guy who ran it uh, was a refugee from Baghdad, and it got me thinking that of course restaurants are the first casualties of war, and uh, even further thinking at the time that um, a restaurant critic is like a canary in, in the mine. If if they if they've got the if you've got a restaurant critic in a city, you can be sure it's fairly peaceful and uh, it, it's functioning. As soon as that's a good sign. Yeah, yes. And you have to be fair. Do you think? I mean, if if your review could really crumble a reputation, you haven't been there before, and you might not go there again. They could just be having a bad night. Well, if that happens, you you can tell that. You, you, you get to have a, a sixth sense about a place. I mean, I've done that a couple of times. I've been to a place, I've recognised that it's not very good at night, but it's not the place that's not very good. There's something wrong. So, of course, you go back. Um, and, yes, I think you should be very fair. Um, there's a restaurant reviewer who, if you are a fan of restaurant reviews, you may have read A.A. A. Gill. I love him. I know you are not. I know the gorilla <laughs> incident really put you off. The, the the baboon incident. The baboon incident. And he recently called somebody on air a dyke. So uh, I don't think he's a very nice man. I don't no. think he's a very nice man either, no. but he's a very funny writer. Tell us he's about the baboon writer. incident because we'll, because otherwise we'll be sharing an in-joke and that's terrible radio. That's right. so, so tell us that's about bad, that. bad form. Yeah, well, he, 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 he wrote a review just recently of a restaurant called Lux uh, in London, whose owner I actually know. His owner is a friend of uh, my family's and a very good restaurateur. And he spent... 
probably 80% of the review, uh, he opened it up saying, I shot a baboon today or yesterday or whatever. And he then spent 80% of the review talking about how he'd gone to Africa and had a gun and shot a baboon. And he wanted, he always wanted to know what it felt like to shoot someone, and a baboon was as close to a human being as he could get. In the last two paragraphs, he, he, he reviewed the restaurant. But that's not that's not the worst thing. I mean, it is the worst thing he's done morally, but I mean, he does things like uh, he opened a review once with the words... Um, where can you find a Palestine a Palestinian suicide bomber when you need one? And he then proceeded to Bag suicide bomb this restaurant. Now, look, it's very funny, and you laugh. I didn't laugh at the. I wouldn't laugh at the baboon, and that makes me feel. Now you're making uh, me feel ashamed and a bad person <laughs> because I just can't think of anything worse that you could do than to a shoot a baboon and then b think that that was an appropriate thing to write about. I feel sick inside, but I. A I, funny thing to write about too. He wrote about it in, in an amusing way. Anyway, he goes too far, but not mm. not all of us do that. My favourite reviewer, of course, was Nigella Lawson when she was writing reviews for Spectator. She was terrific. Oh, I didn't even know she did write reviews. Oh, There's one I missed. She was a wonderful writer yeah, in the nineties. Uh, I'd never. I, I know. I lo- love her uh, cookbooks, but I can't bear the way in her. Um, television series that she dribbles all over herself when she's tasting her food because she sort of, you know, sticks her fingers in the pot and then... You're a girl. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's probably it. I love Giles uh, Corrin or Corrin, I'm not sure how you say it, but he's another writer for the UK Times and he's just very funny and lovely and I love the story that he told... um, about being in a restaurant and trying to, um, and the couple next to him sitting at the table left a very expensive bottle of red wine on the table, and it was a very rare one. They'd run out, and he thought, "Well, I'll just nick that and try it." And he had and he, he had a struggle with the waiter. They had, you know, both of them had their hands on the wine, and the waiter was going, "Get off! It's for the staff." And it was very dark. It's, it's just yeah. such a lovely area to write in. I think. Does I mean? Does it take particular sort of journalistic skills? I don't know. I mean. <clears throat> I'm, if you've read the book, you know that I'm by way of being a second-generation restaurant reviewer, although I don't review that much anymore. Uh, my mother was an early reviewer in Sydney. Um, she wrote a column in the Sydney Daily Mirror called uh, under the pseudonym of Elizabeth Pitt after the two streets, and uh, she was the very first, I guess, reviewer in Sydney to um, to bag restaurants uh, or to bag places she went to. They weren't all restaurants. There were restaurants and nightclubs and places like that. And for that reason, of course, she didn't last very long at the job. But while she was there, she would take me in my short pants and long socks as a, often as a companion. And I was very fascinated by the whole process. So I guess that's where it came from. Lucky you. And you, you, you do say in the book that as a food writer, you wish you could paint. Ah, oh, as a writer, I wish I could paint, you know. I'm, uh, uh, I have a very dear friend who, she no longer paints, but she, has a, she now makes installations. But when I was writing, early writing, and she was early painting, and I used to go and visit her in her studio, and uh, I'd walk into the studio and she had music blaring, and there was colour everywhere, and canvases, and paint, and it was slubby. And I had to go home to this little room with a, with a then a typewriter and, a, and sheets of paper, and it was just such a dull thing to do after seeing Janie's painting. I bet. <laughs> Now you've been, and you, you, a lot of your book is just you. You, you just find Spain absolutely glorious, and you've eaten mm. all all over the the world. So you've eaten some of the best food, and some of the worst food, and some of the weirdest food. I'm not sure how much of that you can pack into a short radio interview, but tell us about some of it. I'm not too sure whether I tell the story of the dish of anchovies, peaches, and 
I think it was feta tin peaches and feta cheese at a at a uh, a peach canning factory in in uh, Griffith. Uh, that's gone now, of course, as as you know. I went, I was down there doing a magazine story, and I was being accompanied by the guy who was. Uh, in charge of the Rob Rob Geddes, who's now a master of wine, and he was then in charge of the local winemakers, and he was taking me around, and we were taken to this place, and they brought for lunch. Both Rob and I sort of like our food and our wine. They brought out for lunch this large large dish, and it was a base of tin peaches, crumbled feta. That's what it was, crumbled feta, and then there was a sort of a lattice work of anchovies on top of that, and uh, they expected us to eat that. I, I mean, it wasn't disgusting, you... but it was just weird. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> I can I have, guess. I can, I can handle a little, uh, a little shred. So, where did you get the recipes in your book from? Were they from restaurants that you've eaten, or are they chefs that you know and 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 love? Because it's uh, just to um, explain to listeners that. It, it's called grazing, and it really is the ramblings and recipes of a man who gets paid to eat. There's all sorts of um, of, of stories about about Spain and about food writing, the history of food writing, some fantastic recipes, all sorts of things. I, th- I in fact, I think that you pretty much take everything you could possibly talk about in a conversation and link it to food somehow. Mm, yeah, that's that's what I was surprised about. That food always came into it somewhere. The, the recipes come from uh, my own kitchen. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fairly good cook. I'm not a great chef, but a good cook. And uh, friends who are great chefs um, and others who aren't and, and, and things I've collected on my travels. Some of them I've sort of, I mean, there's one there for a, a dish that I still make for my family called Gypsy Chicken, which was inspired by meeting gypsies and being given a whole armload of garlic. And... Uh, I saw what they were cooking and I went home and made it up myself. And it's a terrific dish. No, if you it's, like garlic. It's wonderful. Look, thank you so much for talking to 